On Jerusalem Dateline, exciting discoveries bring the Book of Judges alive at the excavation site at ancient Shiloh. See the emerging walls of the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies, which sheltered the Ark of the Covenant. We'll meet the team of young and young at heart international volunteers doing the work and see how some of their techniques are affecting the world of archaeology. All this and more coming up on this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. I'm about 20 miles north of Jerusalem at the excavation into the ancient site known in the Bible as Shiloh. Here, Dr. Scott Stripling and his team have made some amazing discoveries. It's a portal into biblical history, which we first heard about a few years ago. You're looking at the heart of biblical Israel along the route known as the Way of the Patriarchs. This is ancient Shiloh, the place where the Bible says Joshua divided the promised land between the 12 tribes and where the tabernacle of the Lord stood for more than 300 years. Welcome to ancient Shiloh. This is uh, the first capital of ancient Israel, and it's a sacred spot because the Mishkan was here, the tabernacle where people came to connect with God. Scott Stripling directs the excavation here, and along with dozens of volunteers, they're digging into history. We're dealing with real people, real places, real events. This is not mythology. The coins that we excavated today, we're talking about coins of Herod the Great, Pontius Pilate, Festus, Felix, Agrippa I, Agrippa II. The Bible talks about these people. We, we just, we've got the image right there. That image includes a fortified wall built by the Canaanites. They're finding a treasure trove of artifacts, including coins and 2,000 pieces of pottery a day. Now this one was from yesterday, it's been washed already, so you see the same mm -hmm. form right out of the ground and yesterday, and these are those handles from the stone vessels. Remember Jesus' first miracle at Cana, they were stone jars full of water. That's that ritual purity culture of the first century. An archaeologist looks at these shards as a fine timepiece. Just like your great-grandmother's pottery is different from your pottery that you're using today. And once we learn the pottery, then we can use it as our primary means of dating. Stripling says literally digging into the Bible can change your life. You can read the Bible, you can walk the Bible, but the ultimate is to dig the Bible. You know, when we actually get into the soil, like these students from Lee University, they're, they're literally, it's under their fingernails and in their nose and their mouth and their ears, and they're exposing this ancient culture, it becomes one with you. And sort of like we came out of the soil, and as we dig into this soil, we connect with God and with each other, I think, in a very important way. I love getting my hands dirty. I love digging in the dirt. Um, it's my favorite thing. People from all ages man the dig, with the main drivers being students like Abigail. It's tiring and exhausting, but it's really rewarding. It's exciting to, to find ancient things, things that have been laying in the dirt just waiting for us for thousands of years. She says the Bible comes alive in the dirt. I read the Bible totally differently than I did before I came here. And when I read the Bible, I know the places, I know what's going on. I understand it more deeply, especially where previous archeologists have claimed that the archeology span disproves the Bible. But when we dig here, we find that everything matches. You read it in the Bible, you dig in the dirt, and there it is. 
archaeology doesn't set out to prove or disprove the Bible. What we want to do is to illuminate the biblical text, the background of the text. So to set it in a real world culture to what we call verisimilitude. So we get an ancient literary description. Now we have a material culture that matches that. Chris, you're sitting where Samuel and, and Eli and Hannah and these, these people that we have read about, they came just like us, needing answers, needing to connect with God, needing forgiveness. He says they dig into the past and find lessons for the present. One of the faith lessons for us is that God is the potter and we're the clay. And even if our lives are broken like these vessels are, God told Jeremiah, after he told him to go to Shiloh and see what he had done, he told him to go to the potter's house and look at a flawed vessel and see how the potter puts it back on the wheel and works out the imperfections. So my faith lesson is this, that uh, yes, we're imperfect, but if we'll allow God, he wants to put us on his potter's wheel and he wants to make us a vessel of honor. Stripling often cites Psalm 102 that says, O Zion, your servants take delight in its stones and favor its dust. For me, this is sacred soil. This is where the Mishkan was, which answers that most basic of all human questions. How do I connect with God? And I think everyone watching today, that's their most basic question. I know I messed up and I know that God is holy. How do I bridge that gap when I sin against other people, when I sin against God? And ultimately, Chris, if the Bible is true, then the God of the Bible has a moral claim on our lives. And as we establish the veracity of the biblical text, I hope that everyone watching will just think about that, that God loves us and he has a moral claim on our lives. Up next, we'll sit down with lead archeologist, Dr. Scott Stripling for an update on the latest discoveries in the biblical city of Shiloh. often marvel when Pat tells the stories of the early beginnings, I think, I don't think I would have had the chutzpah to do some of those things that he did. When you're walking by faith, it isn't necessarily easy. Watch the CBN Story, now available on the CBN Family app. We were right on the cutting edge of things that nobody had seen before, and I know a lot of people thought we were crazy. The CBN Story recalls the celebrated history of the Christian Broadcasting Network from its humble beginnings. It was quite a scene, and we walked into this television station. In the control room, there was glass all over the floor. To the renowned ministry that continues to bring the gospel to every nation. When people can hear the gospel on television in their own language, they respond to that. A special presentation in celebration of Pat Robertson's life and legacy. The CBN Story. Watch now on the CBN Family app. Download the CBN News app 24-7 news from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. Now is the time for Christians to oppose the anti-Israel boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. In CBN's free guide, Stop the Boycott of Israel, you'll learn about this malicious economic warfare against the Jewish nation. And you'll find out how you can stand beside Israel, the birthplace of our Bible, faith, and Jewish Savior. 
Get your free copy today. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash bds. On today's visit, Scott brought us up to speed on what's happened here since we first visited years ago at the beginning of the project. Scott Stripling, great to be with you again here in Shiloh. Uh, first of all, tell us where we are. Well, Chris, it's great to have you back on site. You were here back in season one. That's right. And where we're sitting right now was way underground. Um, you're in a very interesting spot that we now believe is the gate of ancient Shiloh. And what happened at the gate? Why, why is this so important? Well, the Bible tells us that Eli is in the gate of Shiloh when he gets the news that the Ark of the Covenant has been captured, that his sons have been killed. Uh -huh. He falls over backwards and dies in the gate. Yeah. So it's a a function that's mentioned in the Bible, so we were very curious if we would come across it. And so we're really sitting in that, that very spot. We think we are. There's yeah. an outer gate chamber, and now we're in the inner gate chamber, which is probably where Eli would have been. Well, tell us, we were there at season one, What's, what's new? What's happened since then? Well, in season one, our, our hypotheses were just formulating. We thought that we had a monumental building uh, up here from the Pier to the Tabernacle. We thought that this could be a, a gate complex because there was no glacis in this section. Um, since then, we've come way down, uh, five meters or so, maybe six meters in some places. And so now we can see the various structures that are here, and indeed we can now uh, say that this is very likely the, the gate that's referred to in the Bible. And that's pretty big stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very big stuff. So tell us, what is it like for you to be here? And we're, we're sitting in the Bible, it almost feels like. Yeah. What does it feel like to you? Um, it's, it's surreal at times. We, we get lost in the daily grind of, of work because we are here, you know, working on our archaeological project. But we do stop and, and think about the, the big picture. Um, God did something here. Jeremiah 7:12 says, "Go now to Shiloh, where I first caused my name to dwell. See what I did there and make it known." And so God dwelt here. God instructed people to come back here and to learn about his works in history. So as we uncover that evidence, it gives us an incredible synchronism between the biblical text and the archaeological material. There are a lot of new innovations going on here archaeologically. Uh, and on one hand, Chris, archaeology is very low-tech. We need human beings physically moving soil and rock and making decisions. Uh, on the other hand, it's very high-tech. Uh, my supervisors are paperless in the field. They all enter their data on iPads. That data is then coming to me, so I'm seeing all the data. That empowers me then to make data-driven decisions in, in the field. So I'm not just getting an instinct or an intuition that we should do something, although I do get those but I'm able to also use data-driven uh, ideas. We fly a drone every day at the end of the day. Those global shots are phenomenal. We then use them to create 3D models of each one of our squares. Um, we have something called wet sifting that we're doing in situ. We're taking material from the squares, we know exactly where it came from, washing it, and our small finds have multiplied. Why is this so important? Well, I think there, there's a, an arena of ideas, and we're a part of that whether we want to be or not. And this idea that the Bible is not a reliable historical source is a fantasy that uh, has been fabricated, and many people have bought into this. They don't think that they can trust the Bible. Um, I'll tell you what, the Bible is my go-to source in this part of the world. These are biblical sites. 
And time and time again, we find a correlation between what we have in the text and what we find in the material culture. And so while we publish scientifically and peer-reviewed journals and final publications, I think it's also important that our interpretations um, reflect that the, the biblical text can be trusted. And what's the lesson for us today? Well, if you could trust what God did in history, then you could trust Him today and you can trust Him for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we have to remember that God loves us. He has a plan for humanity. The stakes are high. If there's a tabernacle at Shiloh and a gate at Shiloh, and there was a sacrificial system here, you know what that reminds me? Leviticus 17:11. the writer of Hebrews quotes it, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And when we process through that 100,000 bones, every one of them is saying to me, there's redemption in the blood. That Jesus said the stones can cry out. So I'm hearing a lot of voices, Chris. You might want to pray for me. You know, the stones are talking to me, the pottery's talking to me, the bones are talking to me, and I'm hearing a message about redemption. Coming up, Dr. Scott Stripling takes us around the site at Shiloh to see the places he believes points to some amazing discoveries. Attacks on Jewish lives, communities, and synagogues. The Jewish nation has survived war. I was so scared. Terrorism. And so my husband covered in blood. And waves of anti-Semitism. It's a message of killing Jews. Now is the time to defend Israel's basic right to exist. And you can do that through CBN Israel. When you send a gift to the Jewish people through CBN Israel, you are giving humanitarian aid to Israelis in need. And at the same time, you are providing news coverage and documentaries that reveal what is really happening in Jerusalem and the Middle East. Attacks against Israel are ongoing. The need is urgent, and you can help. Call 1-800-813-8734. Go to cbn.com slash standwithisrael or text CBN Israel to 41444. I am region's first ROTC graduate. It's Superbook's Summer of Faith. Three stories of God's miraculous protection for those who hear His voice and believe what He says. You'll receive this end-of-summer bonus with Academy Express. Jesus Feeds the Hungry. Join the CBN Animation Club and get Academy Express. Jesus Feeds the Hungry. Plus two copies to share with others, all for your gift of only $25. And as part of our Summer of Faith bonus, receive three Superbook episodes demonstrating God's awesome power. Scott next took me on a tour of the site to see some of the ancient marbles that are now revealed, which have been in the Bible all along. It's for three centuries. Uh -huh. this, is where, this is where you came to connect with God. Jerusalem remains a pagan city for another mm -hmm. 300 years. The ark is here, the tabernacle is here, and this is where you came to connect with God. Uh -huh. And you've, uh, you, you believe you've found actually 
the tabernacle? Well, you know, I'm not ready to, to say I know for certain, but I'll tell you what we do have is a building that is matching the dimensions of uh -huh. the tabernacle. It's from the Iron One period, which is the tabernacle period of Eli and Samuel. And you're actually standing right now, Chris, on, on this wall right here. This is our wall 10, and it's the first wall of the building that we uncovered. And it goes all the way across, looks like it dips down, and then you have the corner over there, and then it goes all the way across the path down here where we have the other corner. Mm -hmm. So this entire area is this massive monumental building orients east-west and it's divided on a two-to-one ratio like the tabernacle was. Uh -huh. So east-west is what the Bible says it faced? That's right. The Bible says that... And two-to-one, what does that mean? Well, the holy place and the most holy place. Yeah. So the, the holy of holies, if we're correct in our theory, would be right in here. Between these walls would be where the Ark of the Covenant was and then out here where we're standing, right over here and where they're working, they would be in the, the holy place. Hmm you would enter, you can even see the socket stone of the door over here, uh, still there in situ. And the Bible talks about the door of the tabernacle. There's the doorpost, uh, still in situ. And when you leave this building and go due east, you come to the bone deposit, the favisa, with the remains of the sacrificial system. 100,000 bones that we've gotten out of there. Wow, so they're sacrificed continually. That's right, well, over three centuries, that's, yeah. that's uh -huh. a lot of sacrifice. And listen, this got me by surprise more than anyone. I had written an article before the dig began saying that I thought the tabernacle was most likely on the summit. Um, so I was more surprised than anyone when we began to uncover this. Can we go in? Let's go, come on. <clears throat> All so right. what so are we walking into right now? This, this is the, the wall that would separate the holy from the most holy, okay? So you're entering into the holy of holies, all right? So there's this big wall on your right. Down here, you can see where we've reached the bottom. This is preserved to 2.1 meters, and this is floor level. We finally now come down upon floor level. Uh, we still don't have bedrock, and we have the southern wall, you can only see a section of it right over here, and we'll have to do more to remove that, but we have the corner here, we have the other corner across in our area K, and then here's the back wall right here. So this whole area in here, about where we're standing, come on with me here, all right, you're probably standing where the Ark of the Covenant was. Why does that suit you? <laughs> it makes me feel... Uh... Well, profound for yeah. one. Well, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, if it's not the tabernacle platform, I mean, we have a demolished altar around here and ceramic pomegranates and storage rooms, the bone deposit. If it's not, then we've got two structures at Shiloh at the same time that have the same dimensions. Yeah. And that seems kind of unlikely. How do you feel when you're here? There's a sense of awe. I just have to tell you, uh, professionally as an academic, it's, I'm in awe. And then as an evangelical Christian, I'm in awe, you know, to, to have the privilege to be able to excavate a site like this. But isn't it interesting now in the year 2023 that, you know, the temple of course is so critical, so important, and we don't have access to the Temple Mount to do work there. But before the temple, there was the tabernacle and the temple was built on this pattern. So just the, the ramifications are profound mm -hmm. from a faith perspective. Yeah. What is the lesson for us today from a faith perspective? What I take from this is that God did something in history 
he recorded it for us in the Bible. We have evidence of it here. One of the great things about our faith is that you can question it. You know, God's ego isn't bruised. People have questions, viewers do, that's honest, you know. Express those and I would just invite people to look at that evidence and if they've bought into the idea that the Bible's mythology or it's not historical, I would encourage them to look at what we're finding here at Shiloh, read the text, pray about it, decide for themselves. And so this is where the Bible comes to life? This is, this is what we do. Mm -hmm. We don't just walk the Bible, we dig the Bible here at Ancient Shiloh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, as we dig into the soil, we are literally seeing the evidence of what life was like in biblical times. We're seeing the material culture that people like Samuel and Hannah and Elkanah and Eli and so forth would have used that material culture. We also have an occupation here from the time of Jesus. And so those stone vessels, the, the ritual baths and all this, yeah. the, the coins and so forth, also tells us the story of what was happening in the times of Jesus. Mm. And nearby, you also have a site of bones. Can well, we I'll tell you what, we're in the bone business, Chris. Come on, I'll show you what it's all about. Okay. <laughs> and this path is gonna lead us to where the bone deposit is that we've been talking about. So this, the, the people working over here are doing something they'll never forget the rest of their lives. I mean, they are uncovering evidence of the sacrificial system. So, I mean, these were animals that brought expiation. I mean, it brought about the forgiveness of sin for people mm -hmm. as they connected with God in this manner. So you'll see it for yourself, the pottery and the bones, they tell an unmistakable story that matches what we read in the biblical text. This entire area underneath our feet, Chris, this is unexcavated. Underneath your feet and my feet is about this much of solid bone waiting to be excavated. Bone on top of bone on top of bone. And we have microstratigraphy in this area so we can see that the deposition is laid down over a long period of time, just like the Bible says. And what kind of bones would we find here? Sheep, goat, cattle, and disproportionately from the right side of the animal. It's like just this morning, we're seeing disproportionate jaw bones from the right side as opposed to the left. You described it before, but again, why is the right side so significant? Well, the priests are the ones who live here, and Leviticus 7 tells us that the right side of the animal is the priest's portion. So I can't make this stuff up, you know? You got 100,000 bones and they're disproportionate. Give me another explanation. Mm. It just happens to coordinate with what the Bible says. Still ahead, it takes a small village to make the Shiloh dig happen. We'll meet some of these remarkable volunteers. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll-free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has chosen us from all of the nations and given us His Torah. Audiences are raving about oracles of God. I believe this is an extraordinarily well-researched movie that indeed speaks about the integrity of God's Word. It's a real faith builder. It encouraged me to, to realize God's hand in preserving 
his word throughout history. If God is not faithful to his word, he is not faithful. But this shows that he is. What is it? I don't know. I thought you could tell me whether or not they're genuine. I would describe this movie as inspiring, captivating, excitement. It mattered to them to get it right. Everybody should watch this movie. Oracles of God, the story of the Old Testament. Available now for a gift of any dollar amount. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel. Now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning. Get your daily quick start from CBN News. A quick read on the important news of the day delivered right to your inbox. Stay current on breaking news, politics, and entertainment. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Plus, get exclusive stories and daily scripture encouragement just for you. Stay informed. Go to quickstart.news and subscribe today. It takes an incredible team to make an excavation happen, and this dig includes people from 13 countries and 16 universities. They all have some things in common, dedication and an enthusiasm for the work. It's just been an amazing experience. Um, it's just kind of sends chills on your, up your body some days um, because you just think about the people that have been here before you. The further down we dig, it just is even more impressive. It's just been an awesome experience. I mean, I never thought that I'd be standing here or sitting here or digging here. Um, it's just been um, something that, you know, you read about in the Bible, but who would have ever thought you'd have been here in person? It's really changed the way I read the Bible. Um, as I've come, I've been coming and excavating and, um, or even just being in the land and learning the routes and the, the ancient roads. And when I read the Bible, I can picture it. I, I read, you know, about Shiloh, I read about Eli and Hannah, and, and I, I know where that happened. I, I can picture it, um, and it's just here. So for me, it's very impactful, and it's, it's really changed my understanding uh, of some of those details in the Bible that you might just read over and gloss over, um, but they really make a lot more sense to me now. What does it mean for you to be doing this? Oh, it's, it is humbling. I mean, I... I, I dig here and I, I uncover these things. Being a believer, um, you know, I see these bones of uh, this, this sacrificial system that, that for centuries people came and, and gave this offering that they knew they were going to have to come and do again every year, this constant, constant sacrifice. Uh, and just knowing that Jesus came to, to fulfill that, just it brings, you know, all of this full circle and really does, it's humbling to me to do this. Mm, wow. Is that the lesson for us today? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, Jesus came to fulfill the, the, the same things that you know, we've all struggled with, this you know, sin cycle, um, that he came to complete that. Well, I've been a student of the Bible for many, many years, and it's, uh, it just makes everything come alive. You can read in Scripture where, about where these places were. You can go and see what happened there. You're just drawn into the land, so to speak. 
and uh, so it's uh, it's fascinating. It's basically a a once in a lifetime experience for many many people, but if you get to experience it in different places and different times, and you see different seasons and different cultures, and uh, you see the the magic of the land, I guess the magic of the people, the magic of this is God's land, and uh, He's the God of covenant. God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's a covenant-keeping God, covenant-making God, covenant-enabling God, so that we can walk in covenant and know the reality of that through faith in Christ. Well, that's all for this special edition of Jerusalem Dateline. If you want to learn more about this amazing excavation, go to digshiloh.org. Maybe you can come and join this project or others like it. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.